you ever heard a strange noise in the middle of the night? Hello? Ever seen something you couldn't quite explain? What's that? Ever been visited by a loved one in a dream? What are you? Psychic mediums Katie Manning and Michelle Lyons-Polito talk about it all. Welcome to the Psychic on the Scene podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Psychic on the Scene. And with you, as always, your favorite redheaded psychic mermaid, Katie. And uh, my wonderful producer and friend, D. Scott. Morning. <laughs> and my other wonderful friend and psychic medium, Michelle Lyons Polito. Hey, everyone. <laughs> and I am so excited about, to, I always say that, but I'm so excited to have right. a, um, a fellow podcaster on, friend. And um, to talk to us about a subject that I am so down the rabbit hole all the time about. <laughs> so tonight's discussion is about cults. And we have on, as I said before, she is um, podcast royalty and she <laughs> laughed about that, but um, everybody else in, in uh, the capital region and beyond would know you as Phoebe Wells of Upstate Unsolved. Yeah. And I have listened um, to your shows and you speak beautifully and you write beautifully, um, but your research is amazing. And we met a couple years back in the hallways at iHeartRadio and um, did not realize the extent of what you were going through. It just felt like you were frazzled and going through a lot. So Phoebe Thank you for being on and welcome to our show and, and talking so personally about your life and about living in a cult. But I want to start with Phoebe for you. You went to the College of St. Rose and correct? And, yes, I did. And your background is in, um, in media? Yep. Uh, my degree is in communications with a concentration of, in public relation and advertising technically. Oh, wow. You but, got everything. <laughs> but I worked the bulk of my career up until last year in radio. Gotcha. Sure. Um, so how does a nice girl like you wind up in a cult? <laughs> Great question. Ooh. How did you, so, I mean, obviously um, you, you, you were kind of talking off mic about your family and your upbringing. Tell us a little bit about that. Tell our listeners a little bit about um, how Phoebe grew up and what your religious beliefs were growing up and how mm -hmm. that translated into the cult. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on as a guest uh, on your podcast. It's uh, I'm a retired podcaster. I know you always say that, but I think I'm bringing you out of retirement. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, so, and I, not only do I appreciate you having me on today, but I also appreciate you subconsciously kicking me in the ass. Um, hopefully I can swear. I just, yeah. whatever. Oh my, oh God. my God, yes. Um, okay, okay. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. um, no, really, I appreciate you um, giving me a kick in the ass because I've been wanting to write about my experience in the cult for a while now. Um, but I've carried a lot of fear about it. And mm. that stems one from, you know, what will people think? What will the people in my life think of me? But also, you know, I was told over and over and over again, 
that if you leave the church and you decide to talk about life in the church in any negative way that you would burn in hell like way more than you would if you just left the church and started sinning um so while I had totally like stopped believing that that was still a condition that I had to work really hard to work through so when I started my blog um, March 1st Media back in at that well, October 31st is when I decided I'm making a blog. Screw it. I'm doing it. Um, but it launched <laughs> on, ha- in on Halloween, no less. <laughs> on Halloween, yeah, exactly. No, really. Like, I was in such a mood. I was horrible to my partner. And because I was just, I was being a brat. And I, because I was like, I just, I was, I was being a brat. And I was just like, I'm not happy with everything I'm doing in my life, like professionally, career wise, I, there was a creative outlet that like I needed to tap into. And so I literally just like shut myself in my office for a while and um, started that. That's gotta be very cathartic. Oh, it is. And that I feel like I just lost my train of thought completely, but basically I knew that when I started this blog that I would eventually talk about this. Um, I have some kind of like fragmented memories from my childhood because of some other stuff I experienced. And I have found that writing is how I unlock good memories. Not only do I process, not only do I process things that I experience, but I also like while diving into my background in religion, like I had some really awesome memories of my grandmother who recently passed away. And I like smelled her perfume and could feel like my like touching um her like velour in her car on the way to church with her and like um, the the fried egg she made like before Sunday at Sundays at church and so it brought me so much joy to not only to like to be rem- reminded of that and so yeah um when I wrote this piece literally because I was like I need to have I need, one I haven't thought about this extensively in a while to, I really should get my thoughts out on paper before I talk about them because I'm not going to know what to say. (laughs) And and you know what? Bravo to you for that's, that's your process that other people should be thinking about that too. Right. Yeah. That you, it's personal first. And before you kind of give it life of of putting it out. Yeah. I had to, because I just, I, it had to be coming from me and not just like my what I thought people wanted to hear people needed to hear like that's something I needed to say so you say all that very lengthy spiel to say that my parents did an amazing job when it came to and and a lot of things um everyone has their faults but my parents did the best they could do with what they had and they did a pretty good job and but specifically my um the way they taught me about God and about faith. I mean, I vividly remember being in our red dustbuster van. That was like the nineties, like it looked like a dustbuster. It was bright red. And, (laughs) you know, we must've been coming from Sunday school or something. And I asked my mom, like, oh, what the difference between Catholicism and Methodist were because my family um, we're both Catholics and Methodists. They oh. coexisted together, like, but that, yep. that was what they were. And I was like, 
are Catholics Christians? And my mom was like, yep, they're all like, basically they're different flavors of the same food group. And I was like, well, what about, what about, you know, Aladdin? Like, (laughs) I don't think they (laughs) believed in, in God, like, uh, will they go to heaven? And I vividly remember my mom saying that she believed that as long as you were a good person and believed in a higher power, that it's all the same. They're all the same gods. You just find God, however works for you. So that was like three or four. Like I was super young when she told me that. That's a beautiful explanation. Yeah. Great explanation. She, She did. And like, and that, that was always in me. And I mean, my parents would say prayers with me before bed, like every single night, you know, I had children, Bible books. I went to Sunday school and I was, I was a kid who genuinely enjoyed going to church. Like a lot of kids had, were like, you know, pulled and kicking and screaming. Like my brother, my brother did not want to go to church in the mornings, hated it. So much. And, but I was like, no, like these are my people. I love this. And, um, and my mom, like I talked to her this morning to let her know that like I was I had written about this and she was like oh you've always been talking about God you've always loved God <laughs> like Aww. forever and so yeah so that I had a very healthy upbringing when it came to religion like there was no there was no guilt or shame when it came to God like yeah my and, you, mom went, gave and me you went to a Catholic college did you go to a Catholic high school uh no no I went to public school um And I kind of talk about in the articles of my family, we moved around, I don't say a lot, but we moved like four times. I always went to the same school Mm. um, because my mom was a teacher at Corinth, but um, I I grew like up until I was like six, we lived in Queensbury and then we moved to Saratoga for a couple of years. And then like, and in between that, we stayed with a family when our house was being built. And then (laughs) like, we stayed in like a little apartment in town in Corinth when our other house was being built. And then finally in 2006, like my parents built their house and was like, we're never moving again. <laughs> um, so I never had like a church home, but that was always something I really wanted because I loved my time um, at the Methodist church in Queensbury. And then like we moved to Saratoga, I didn't go as much. And then my friend went to the Corinth Methodist church and invited me and like his mom would even come get me sometimes. And then, yeah, like that, the Corinth Methodist church became our church home, but I didn't go to Catholic school or like, I went to some Catholic Sunday schools because my best friend was Catholic, but, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah. So I don't well, know if that and, answers and for, your question. For me, I don't know about Michelle, but I obviously, I know Michelle and I are both raised um, Catholic, yeah. Roman Catholic. Um, and for me, um, growing up in Rotterdam, um, going to St. Gabriel's Church, it was a, it was a social thing. So oh, yeah. yeah. By the time you were a little kid going, I can actually remember, and, and if there's other people out there still listening to me from, um, from junior high into high school, we would get dropped off for, um, you know, catechism. And it would be like Tuesday nights. Yep. And everybody would pretend like they were walking into the school. But in fact, we'd walk behind this old supermarket that was next door to, to St. Gabriel's and everybody would be smoking. And we'd all like smoke it up out there and then go into, into you know, religion. And, um, 
I mean, when you think about that, it was like, you talk about a weird duality, like, let's go be oh, bad. Yeah. Just before, yeah. being, you know, Catholic class. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then if you went to church, we didn't go, usually my family did not go on Sundays. Sometimes we did, but we would go on Saturday nights. Saturday and that night. was kind of yeah. like the hip crowd went on Saturday <laughs> nights. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd go and then you'd like go and hang out. You'd find out where everybody was going after church. <laughs> Such a social thing. And we, do you remember the church bazaars? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, those are so much fun. Because we had the St. Francis de Sales and Colony and that. They even had parachuters land one time. It was just a oh wow, such a just completely social and so much fun. And you yeah. know that's that's why I think as you know we evolve as humans and as we expand our mind, I, I think you know religion gets a bad rap. I mean, I just wrote a a, a big thing about the toxicity I experienced, but at its core church is community and i think that mm. church is so important well, and that's I, how it uh, right and that's how it, it's supposed to be yeah and actually when you think back into even in england when we came here for yeah. for our rights to the u.s mm-hmm. as the yeah. original colonies it was to have freedom of religion freedom to, yeah. to to pray and be however you wanted and i think i shared with you the other day when we were speaking my mother who was um i believe she was methodist um, I should have asked her before, and um, <laughs> as well as um, part of her family was was Presbyterian, but um, she converted at a very young age in Red Hook um, to to Catholicism. And my mother always said to me when I'd say I can't remember certain things or I can't get this memorized, and she'd go, "Listen, all you have to know about your faith and about God is two things: is God is love and forgiveness. And if you're doing that every day, then you're doing okay." And I can remember thinking, oh, okay, like that's the inside, like the the secret. So like all the other stuff is just like the frills, but that was the inside (laughs) tea about what you had to do, you know, with your, with your own faith and as a person Mm -hmm. being a good person. Um, So you, you start, you grow like that. When is the first time um, that, I mean, do you even realize that at some point that you're in a different space and you had originally started that you're you're now in a different church that is not the way you were raised or um is it such a slow indoctrination that you don't even realize it because and and i'm going to throw out some other names i am um i research and i i study a lot of these um that are like children of god nexium um um jehovah's witnesses Um, I mean, all of these have elements that perhaps they started in a good place and they become corrupt, Mm -hmm. whether it's while you're in it or it's just that it's how it manifests. Like it just starts off very like there's one that's called the anthill kids. I mean, that right from the beginning, just the name of it. I mean, that should be a red flag, flag, but um, (laughs) how did you. I guess the church you were in, um, you were in a Pentecostal, United Pentecostal church. And just explain to us your story. I know. So I know that's big breath. Not, not to be in, not to be a a self-promoter, but 
I tried to answer that in my blog, but I don't really think I, I did because I, it's so convoluted and it's so, so I'm, so I'm going to try, I'm going to try really hard to really answer that question. because I want to, I want to <laughs> stop you for one second, then I'll yeah. let you speak because I want you to know something. And I, I thought about this a lot getting ready for today. I was watching something that was a Ted talk and um, I, I, sadly, I don't know who the woman's name is. And she said, at some point, we all have to kind of get away from something in our life. Mm -hmm. She said, it could be a bad marriage. It could be mm -hmm. a bad family. It could be your addiction um, to, to if you have a really bad sweet tooth. Mm -hmm. She said, but at some point, you have to be brave enough that you get away from it. Even with that, you might have a whispering or your gut is telling yeah. you while you're in that, like you're in the marriage, you're with a narcissist, you're going, this isn't normal. But then <laughs> yeah. other things talk oh, you yes. out of it or your fear talks you out of it. Oh, or, yeah. you know, I shouldn't have one more drink, but your addiction talks you out of it. It takes 100%. you a while to, to um, overcome that and listen to your gut. It's got to mm -hmm. be what happened I'm saying that to you, but I want to know like yeah. what your aha was. So, you know, I, I talked about the foundation, yeah. the beautiful foundation my parents laid for me. Um, but around, I honestly don't remember exactly how old I was, but like around 16 or 17, um, I extradited myself from a, a, pup, a puppet group I was in, um, which was connected to the Methodist church that I loved, that I adored. And I had been in this group for a couple years and the leader of the group was an adult male. I don't know how old he was. He was probably like mid thirties maybe. And he mm -hmm. wasn't bad looking. He was, you know, he was, I mean, he was, he was, he was good looking ish. Um, right. He was also a school resource officer at, and part of the Warren County Sheriff's office, he had a very like charismatic way about him mm -hmm. and no one really questioned that he led a puppet group of girls, <laughs> all girl puppet groups. Wow. Wow. And, um, so it's I cringy. yeah, no, it is. It's so cr cringy and also like kind of hysterical. Like you take <laughs> away the trauma, like this grown adult male, like chose to spend his week night, like one week night a week with just like a bunch of teenagers at the possibility of touching a boob. Like I did, that's kind of funny. Like that's kind of hysterical if you really think about it. Like oh if you get God. granular, it's kind of hysterical. Anyways, <laughs> all right. I don't make, mean to make light of trauma, but it's also like- No, I no, like I know it, 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 it's away. her trauma. So you go ahead. I understand he, what you're saying. So he, and it came out later that he did like much worse to some other members. Oh. Um, but to me, like, he just, he was very flirty. He would, like, ask us about our crushes. He would comment on our bodies. And he would, like, like try to, like, touch our boobs. And it was just, it was, like, it was a thing. It was a whole thing. And <laughs> it, it was really weird because I knew my gut was, like, this isn't right. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't, like, you know, you're a 15-year-old girl. You're a 14-year-old girl. You're a 16. You don't you don't get it. Like you get it, but you don't get it. Right. And we were walking up the stairs alone and he made like some comment about the shirt I was wearing and how low cut it was. And in not in a, like, you should pull that up, like in a good job kind of way. 
And then he like made a movement toward me and I like smacked his hand away and said, don't touch me. And it was like this sudden realization of like, oh my God, this isn't okay. You've known this isn't okay. We're done here. And I was awful to him. We had a performance um, like an hour away and I was awful to him. I was just like straight up bitch mode. Like I'm done. (laughs) I'm done with all of this. And I never went back to the group. But I also didn't really go back to church as much because I didn't want to see him in church. I knew who he was at that point and didn't didn't want to deal deal with it. Um, Had you told? Did you tell anybody? I'm always curious about. I didn't that. tell my mom until like a while after that, like when it came out, like what he right. did to another person, and she was mortified and was like, "I'm so sorry I put you in that position." And I was like, "Mom, I was dealing with so many other things at that point." Like it was not even a blip on my radar. Like as ridiculous as that sounds, like I was like, I was dealing with some shit that it just like, it didn't, it affected me, but it, it didn't, I didn't realize how much it affected me and how not right it was until I was alone with him in the stairway. And I was like, think about the strength of this, that you, you being a teenager yeah, and a person that you trusted. And I'm saying this for other people, mm-hmm. other women out there that your inner voice actually stopped him and said mm, no that's not right like yeah. don't touch me hands off obviously that is enormous that even grown women have a hard time doing that so um again it shows a lot of the um upbringing that you had mm. that you knew at your core like yeah no grown-ups don't do that and it was really nice too to remember that because because I made so many questionable choices in my life, I started to believe oh, girl, a narrative. Who I know, <laughs> but I was starting to believe this narrative that like I didn't know how to listen to my gut. I couldn't stand up for myself because it's it's I haven't been able to stand up for myself in time since then. I mean, there was literally a moment at the place of work that is hosting this podcast that wasn't okay and I had to report but it wasn't until my partner my current partner was like that's not okay you need to report him and I didn't even think to report so it was kind of like nice to be reminded that there have been moments of my life where I'm like this isn't okay I'm done and so that leads me to that's the mindset I was in when I joined the call. I had, my faith was very shaken. I wasn't going to church. I didn't doubt the existence of a higher power, but I kind of was like, religion, it's not for me. I believe in God, but I don't really, I don't believe in the Bible. Like, I don't know what that is. So, um, you know, I, I did join the cult because of my ex and, you know, the story is not really about him. It's about me choosing and me I had a really low self-esteem and I just didn't and I have a question about that listening to other um information about cults yeah they talk a lot about they call it um I'm gonna probably say it wrong uh fishing flirting and or flirting fishing and it's that members of a sect or cult actually flirt with people that they're trying to and they're encouraged to do it um they Ah. talk about like the five mile stare so when I was reading about that and I know your story um I was wondering like 
he was he was the minister's son was he asked mm-hmm. to like you know no make sure no, okay no I don't think so um again like it's a it's a tricky it's a tricky thing because they are so linked but I'm like right. it, it and it's it's funny because I I don't feel like I'm protecting the church, but I want to be respectful of the people that are still in it, which is it's a, again a very hard thing. So I don't necessarily want to comment on the psyche of him and his family okay. because I don't really think that's my place. Like I I totally get what you're asking, and I'm not like offended or anything, but it's like. No, no, I, I think, I, I think, and any boundaries with that, that's fine because no, I'm yeah. so curious from a curious point of view, if in, in evaluation or look back yeah. that you felt like, hmm, it kind of was so, groomed. It will, it was very clear from, from my perspective, it was like, this is the only way I'm going to go to heaven is mm-hmm. I have to be with this person. Like I have to be with this person. God is telling me I need to be. Right. And even though it's awful and neither of you really, it's not great. <laughs> like it, this is destiny because this is, we have a shared, our, my mom was his <clears throat> sister's teacher and they mm-hmm. remembered me and his parents remembered me and his parents like just welcomed me in. And I was this, I, they loved me and everyone loved me. And I was like, I just want to be loved. And this is, you know, my, I'm very blessed. My parents are still together. They've been married for a very long time, but I grew up with a very idealistic view on relationships. Right. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is destiny. This is God. And, and, and that's so embarrassing to say, because Don't now be that I know what a real connection feels like, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, oh. how do you know? Like, you know? felt it. You don't know. Yeah. 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 And you would know any different. So, so can I pinpoint one moment in time where I was like, oh, I'm in a cult. Yeah. <laughs> when the, yeah, that when, when my ex-father-in-law said that we were a cult (laughs) (laughs) wait a minute he was proud of it he was so proud and wow I it it like I felt so sick to my stomach I don't remember when it was I don't remember if it was like if I was already married or if it was beforehand, I don't remember. Um, it must've been an out-of-body experience. You must've been sitting there and everybody's whooping and saying, you know, mortified. And, and you, mortified. you said you, you could feel yourself getting hot. Like I did. Yeah. No, like I literally like here I am sitting <laughs> in a chair <laughs> wearing a floor length skirt with a basically just you know a high neck shirt no makeup no jewelry haven't cut my hair in years and he's telling me we're in a cult which is like oh my god that's what everyone thinks this is and oh my god that's what this is what yeah like how did this happen yeah, like how did this happen but I was so scared at that point because I you know I I fully admit, and I, again, shout out to my current partner because he, 
is a very authentic person and like looks at his trauma and is like calls it what it is and is not a victim. And I definitely have grappled with a victim mentality. I was sexually, sexually abused as a child. I had repressed the memories for years. Those memories came out when I was an adult and it like shined this huge spotlight into my life and some things I experienced. And I was like, Oh my God, like I'm such a victim. And it took a while to get out of that mindset and being a member of this church, I put myself in victim shoes for a while as well, but through meditation, through prayer, through honest conversation, through therapy, you know, I chose that. I, he was, he told us we were a cult. Yeah, I still went, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but I giving grace to myself. I also attended services twice a week where normally the sermon had to do with the end of the world and the impending right. apocalypse. And if you were sinning, you, you were going to get left behind in the rapture, which I never believed in, by the way. Um, <laughs> so, so you I, were I, sinning right from the very beginning so. oh yeah yeah and so I mean there was no boundaries the pastor knew everything about your life and <clears throat> it was meant to be that way and but I but at the end of the day I still made that choice so I can't I'm not crying victim I'm not saying oh I was a victim of a cult because I willingly was in it for you know six years and I'm so thankful I'm not anymore. <laughs> I, don't you think, too, that it would, in your case especially, and I, I touched on it in the beginning, that, you know, you, nobody would have known that was going on. You even commented that you worked with D, and D wouldn't have yeah. known. And um, well, I mean, I'm sure he had some kind of inkling. I was I going like through a something. Freaking 50 year old, but, you know. <laughs> but it it had to be almost like he would like it it sounds like they never infringed on your um your show or your other creative talents um it doesn't sound like they they told you to stop no but I do remember um so I became an intern at iHeartRadio my uh, second to last semester at St. Rose. Like I found the internship on my own. I was obsessed with WGY at the time because (laughs) if you don't know this, um, that, you know, evangelical and conservative Christians are conservative and they love WGY. (laughs) I didn't know that. Oh yeah. For a very long time, I identified as a conservative, which is honestly more embarrassing than saying I was in a cult. So, um, <laughs> which is kind of a joke. It is a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> I know it is. I know. <laughs> and, and I don't, very broad. and I know, and I, I have, a, I'm, I'm a very unbiased person. I worked on the, you know, on that radio station, I have mixed beliefs, but I love WGY. I loved listening to Chuck and Kelly in the morning and I had a long commute. And so that's what I listened to. And there was like an advertisement for, you know, I heard he was always hiring. So I just happened to go on the website and they had an internship posted and I was like, oh, this is mine. And I I applied and like, 
didn't hear for a while. And then the president called me like all frantic and she's like, hi, are you still interested? It's like, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, apparently like someone had left, like who was supposed to do the intern hiring. Anyway, that was such a tangent. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> okay. But my, so my, my interest with that is it seems to me th that could have in itself pulled you out of your, well, right. This is, this is why I'm giving you this very lengthy backstory because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I, you know, so at that point, like I already was in the cult, but like, I was like this, I'm doing this. Like, this is so like, th no one could tell me that I couldn't do that. And not that they did, but like, it wouldn't have mattered. Like I knew I was going to yep. do that. So I was an intern and then I was a paid intern over the summer. And then they hired me as a promotions assistant and a part-time news person. And like, it blew my mind that I was doing radio things. That's probably the first time that like, I understood manifestation because like, mm. I, when I was listening yep. to WGY, like, I was like, I'm going to do the news on the top and the bottom of the hour one day. And I yep. totally did. So it was cool. Um, but so I was there and like, that was my true dream. But then, um, I did kind of give it up and then I got, cause I left before I got married because I needed to get health insurance for us and uh. get a job because he didn't have a full-time job. So it was my job to do that. Oh. Um, so oh, no. I left and then I worked at the post star. I left for a bank for like four months and then I worked at the post star for like a little under two years, but I know I was meant to work at the post star because I met some lifelong friends who I love so much. And they all knew I was in the cult, didn't understand why I was in the cult, never knew me before, but like saw through it all and saw me mm. and they're truly like some of my lifelong friends now. And it makes me feel good that like they saw me. Like I didn't lose myself completely. Like, you know, my friends and family who knew me before stayed with me regardless, but these people I met afterwards and wow. they still liked me. And that made me feel good. <laughs> Wait, I understand and, uh, that. I, uh, yeah. That, yeah. So, you know, I worked there for a little under two years. I hated it. I absolutely hated it. And I missed radio and I actually had tried to get back in like a couple months prior and then finally there was a position opening and I called the news director left him a message and he had me come into interview and hired me that week and I was so happy I mean I I left a full-time job to go part-time again but then I picked up a, like a retail shift my friend was a manager at a store so I like went in I was like a head cashier to make ends meet and then the stars aligned and upstate unsolved became a thing. And I'll never forget leaving Mary Lyle's house for the first time. Mm. Ooh, by the way, I need to call. I have not talked to her in so long and this is guilting me. I need to call her anyways. Um, <laughs> and I just remember being like, Oh, I'm supposed to do this. Like I'm supposed to tell this story. Like it like lightly was snowing and I was so excited and yeah, I think that going back to that um, kind of opened up the door to my true self again. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And um, so that was like November of 20, 
18, right? Yep. No. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. I think it is. Um, no, I think it is because I was looking back. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I didn't so realize that you'd been out of it as long as you'd been out of it. Yeah. And which, by the way, my next blog post is going to be about how I'm really thankful I left the news industry, honestly, because like it's, I'm just such a different person now and I can't, right. it's just, it's too heavy. It's too heavy for me. And like, I can fully admit that, you know, but at that time it was my lifeline. And so that happened November of 2018. And this time three years ago, um, I knew that it was over and I was going to be moving home with, to my parents. And that meant I wasn't in the church anymore. And that, that was must really, have been so scary for you. It was very scary, but I'm so thankful for Upstate Unsolved because I only had had three episodes, I think, made ahead of time. And I had seven more to make. And that little prod seven studio yeah. um, at 12.03, that became my my time machine. It became my healing yep. box. Um, I just poured my everything into that. And, um, very cathartic uh, then for you, it, another it was, way for you to do it. It was very cathartic. It gave me such purpose because I think I was, I was meant to tell Susie's story. Um, she was an amazing woman and yeah. I'm honored to have been able to kind of speak for her um yeah and you know season two I you know I, I'm so thankful that I told you know Catherine Blackburn yes. and Whitman story stories but you know I'd be lying if I said that I felt that I didn't feel more connected to Susie because I totally felt so connected to Susie and truthfully I I think I was trying to re recreate that feeling of season one. And I don't, I can never recreate that feeling. And I don't want to recreate that feeling because I was in my pain. Yeah. I was yeah. in my pain and I don't want to go back there. You know, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for, I mean, I, I, I look at an award that I won for the podcast and it's like, wow. this is my award for surviving. <laughs> I told you the other day, I look back at my timeline and pictures pop up from events, you know, things like I had to go to a book signing and I had to go and be a happy person. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Michelle knows yeah. inside, I was mm -hmm. so sad and so yeah. stressed. And just started to realize, like, I'm just going to let this broken heart go to the world. Yeah. And I just lost myself in my work. And mm -hmm. I yeah. know those pictures when I see that. that they're like, oh, I was at your show. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, that was the lowest of the lows. And then somebody else yeah. will say something. I'm like, no, I was lower then. Exactly. You look back and, and you're like, I made it out. I made it out of that. And I think it's important. We all have moments like that. I mean, I you know, my partner has moments like that. My best friend has moments like that. I think right. it's really important to honor those times because they got, you know, you to where you are today. And, you know, I, 
I look at pictures of myself on my timeline. I was going out to bars all the time. I was making some questionable decisions and everyone thought I was so happy and like was living my, living my best life, hashtag, you know, (laughs) living best life. But, and of course I had fun, but I mean, I was drinking copious amounts of alcohol (laughs) and, and I'm, I don't do that anymore. And I'm so thankful for that. Like it's, you know, it's, no one knows what's going on underneath everything. And um, I don't think it's wrong to talk about surviving things like we've survived. Right. And it's, it's, it's sometimes it's embarrassing. And um, yes. <laughs> there's like, we almost give ourselves our own embarrassment or stigma, which nobody yes. else cares. Like mm-hmm. everybody else would be supportive, but we're carrying it around thinking that it's like, my mother has a great saying of, of um, we're only as bad as our worst secrets. that that, like for me that that part of it was shame did you have a moment when you when you you because you came home to your parents and Mm -hmm. correct when you when you moved out and um you were out of the church and was that it when you left I mean I know internally it was a scary thing but was it scary to have to physically leave no I thought it was going to be scarier than it was. Um, but like by day three, a lot of the terror that I had been feeling for years started to take a back seat. And I was like, oh, I've made a huge mistake <laughs> like for six years. And, um, you know, I, and my mom asked me this earlier. Um, she was like, did you ever tell anyone what was going on in the church? Like my one friend knew, but she was also in the church and is not like really in it anymore. But did you, she's like, did you tell anyone else? I was like, no. And she was like, why? And I was like, because I knew that if I told someone one, that would be breaking this carefully constructed reality that I had Mm. done for myself. And two, they would tell me, Phoebe, what the fuck are you doing? Like, get out of there. And then I would have to make a choice to either fuck, I have to like blow up my reality and be courageous and leave. Or I would have to X them out of my life because we were told that if someone tried to get you out of the church, that was the devil. And they were trying to steal your soul and it was going to be like a whole thing. And so my mom, like over multiple months, really a year, a year's time, I, I slowly shared piecemeal things with my mom and dad about what was said, about what was done. And, um, you know, every time my mom describes it as like little bombs going off, (laughs) just like, I would think it would be the worst. And then you would just drop another bomb. (laughs) And, um, and so I definitely didn't want to tell my parents because if I told my parents, then, then it would mean I would have to make, have a decision. To make the decision. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And it's interesting too, as I, um, as I grow into my womanhood, um, I've always been very close to my mom, but, um, I recognize that I, I, um, uh, in some ways, I think because of the call and being 
removed kind of energetically from then we're, we're working on boundaries together. And I think that played my hiding things and my, you know, belief that if I, just the, the trauma of like constantly thinking that you're going to go to hell, like it, it created, it just stunted some things. And I've had to work a lot to undo that. And I'm, mine was the fear of failure. And I know like yeah. a lot of women, like it, we're, we're exposing failure. Yeah. And, and I just, and, and I basically, I'm just, I'm very thankful to have healed as much as I have and to recognize like the importance of truly being independent and thinking for myself and mm-hmm. making the choices for me and not for anyone else. And like, I, I, I told my mom today, like, I was like, it just feels really good to be like, what do I want to do? And not like, well, what would my mother think of this situation or what would like, right. and someone else think it? No, it's just like, I ask myself and that's a nice What's feeling. the first thing that you did that is probably anti-cult? Anti-cult when you got out. <laughs> was when you got out, like, was it, you know, cut your hair? I cut my hair. Oh, I you cut- did? <laughs> so I hadn't cut my hair and, well, actually- I did, I trimmed my hair, which was like a big deal, like in November of 2018. And it was, I got in trouble. Like it was wow. not a good, not a good time. Um, but the, I went to a salon for the first time in six years and mm-hmm. he butchered was it, my was it hair. very emotional or did you enjoy it or was it scary? No, it was, it? I was terrified. I oh. was a wreck. I, he, he botched my hair, literally like it turned out awful. Um, And I was like, oh my God, this is what they said would happen. And oh my God, like, and that was like week, like one week out. I was like, fuck this. I'm cutting my hair. Um, (laughs) But then probably like two months later, my friend who um, I went to high school with, we danced together. She um, is a hairstylist and I made an appointment with her and she made me feel so beautiful. She cut my hair, just, it, she fixed his botch job. She gave me highlights. I hadn't had highlights in years and I just felt so beautiful and so happy. Oh, I love that. Um, and she, yeah, she's my hairstylist. She's been my hairstylist ever since. Um, <laughs> and like, and after I went and did karaoke, it was wonderful. Yeah. Like, it was <laughs> fantastic. Like, that was at a bar of all places. And, wait, 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 what's your, what's your karaoke go-to? <laughs> and coincidentally, my friends convinced me to do like a prayer. <laughs> wonderful it was wonderful the, the crowd was fired up and oh um, my god you know, awesome. like people came up afterwards and was like oh my god like that was so good and yeah that was like probably well I made some questionable decisions that summer and I drank way too much I, I did have fun I like I did I got to connect with friends who I hadn't been fully present with and mm-hmm. my, one, my one friend um Jenny she literally like I credit her with 
helping me be social again. Um, okay. She like just- you lost. Think about that. You lost pretty um, important years of, yeah, of was, social development. Yeah. And I'm not a therapist in that six year time. Yeah, I was 18 so, to like oh, yeah. literally right up to 25. Mm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a that's a biggie. That's a, like that's, so you don't ever have to feel mm. like I made questionable decisions. You you definitely were making up for things Last like time. that that you lost time that if you had had a normal span and I'm sure you've talked this through there that you would have done you would have had to have made those decisions like I drank too much I didn't feel good I have to go to work I shouldn't have you know been flirting with that guy whatever (laughs) it's it's all a part of normal development and actually truthfully people that don't have those kinds of things I'm not talking about extremes but they don't put themselves in those social situations they're the ones you work with you go they're weird yeah, you know, yes. because they don't know how to do that stuff. Exactly. Yeah, and honestly, like, it's a miracle I made any friends in, in those six years, and I did. <laughs> I mean, I there's I don't have a ton of friends from college, but I have two that I still occasionally talk to um, at St. Rose. I made a lot of work friends, um, and I'm thankful that you know I still while there was a lot of bullshit surrounding me, like my heart was still me. Right. And right. I'm thankful for that. I'm really thankful for that. Yeah. If you could talk to yourself mm. going back, if, if, if the Phoebe now could talk to the Phoebe that was in the, in the cult. Yeah. What advice would you give that girl? that you know what's true to you and you are worthy of real love. You're, you're worthy of God's love Mm. and that you don't, you don't need to follow someone else's rules. You know, what is right and what is wrong. Listen to that. Listen to your gut. And you made me tear up. So um, I am so happy and and thrilled that we met when we did and that our journey brought us all back together um, for this and that you agreed yes. to come on and you're going to be coming back again. Yes. About something else completely unrelated. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, your voice is very important. I hope that you continue to do this because I, I really believe that your gift, Phoebe, is taking what has happened, anything in your life, and being able to help other people see who they are and, and make sure that they're listening to their own gut um, because it's a, it, your story is powerful. If our listeners didn't have a chance, we posted um, Phoebe's um, article um, on our page mm-hmm. and it is it's extremely obviously well written I mean you're That's amazing amazing writer. yeah and you need to do more of that as well yes thank you that, um, I mean that is what you told me during our session together so <laughs> I just think you're going to wind up being you know somebody that winds up getting published I just think you're so you're amazing she she said From to your- me and the one thing she goes it's the only thing that makes sense to me is that what you said yeah it is right <laughs> writing writing is just, it's, it's literally like, it's been the one constant in my life. It's throughout all my various like 
I want to be an actress. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a FBI agent. I want to Valerie be a teacher. <laughs> like writing has always been, been, been that thing. And I don't know. I, I just want to help people like life is hard. Adulting is hard, but mm-hmm. literally it's hard for everyone. So like, if we just like talk about shit and like, instead of just shoving it down, like, I don't know. I think the world will be better for it because we're all human. We all poop. Yeah, that's what I <laughs> we all poop in the morning. So, well, right. <laughs> oh my lord! And don't um, you think when when you share things, it's like you're taking them out of the of, out of a backpack and putting yeah. them down on the ground in the light where everyone can see them, yeah. and then you realize everyone else has got taken rocks out of their backpacks too, and then we're yeah. all lighter for it. Yeah, and like I I keep saying like after after I finished the first draft and I did so many edits to that article, um, but, but thank you so much. I appreciate all the kind words you said about my writing. I really appreciate it. I'm trying not to dispute the compliments. So thank you. I'm excited. But it was so like, it was like this huge, huge weight was lifted off my chest that I didn't even know was there. Like, and it just, yeah. It's, I'm not I can remember, and I, and I, 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 not in any way is it a, a making a parallel, but just in my own no, life that, do, um, yeah. that when you have, when you have relationships or anything that winds up controlling you and you're not listening to your own gut. And then one day you're brave enough to say, this does not feel right. This does not mm-hmm. resonate with me. Um, we all need to say to our, our children and our, our friends or whoever, mm-hmm. whatever you're involved in, it should be empowering. It should never, ever make you feel fearful about your decisions, make you feel lesser than for, your, mm-hmm. for who you are or have to change in any way. If anything, the people that are with you, the groups that you're with should be celebrating your uniqueness mm-hmm. and your insight and your feistiness, whatever it is, you know. I, I had a moment with going through what I went through. I was in a supermarket and um, at first I'd been told like, you know, basically if I was a single mom, my kids would starve. Mm. And I was in a supermarket and I was like looking because I don't cook, you know, much. And I was looking <laughs> at frozen foods and I was like, oh, you know what? The kids would probably like this. I used to like this when I was a kid. I'll get frozen pizzas and stuff. I was talking to somebody on the phone and I looked down in the cart and I saw the frozen pizzas. And in my head, I thought, if I go home with that, I'm going to be in trouble. <sighs> and I, huh. I, I actually, even talking about it makes my chest tight. I mm-hmm. actually started having a panic attack. I almost left the shopping cart. I almost left the store and I, whoever I was talking to, I literally focused on just talking and powering through it, but my entire body underneath my leather jacket and everything, I was immersed in sweat. Yeah. And that person that I was afraid that was going to ridicule me or yell at me, wasn't even living in the house anymore, but I had it in my head. Like imprinted. it was so imprinted and I never thought I was that person. Um, and I got home and I put the stuff away. And when the kids came in, I said, Hey, listen, I, I got frozen foods. I got frozen pizzas. The kids were like, Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) They were so excited. And, and it's interesting. You, you brought that up, especially the panic attack, because sitting down to write this piece, which it's on marchfirstmedia.com. And it's, um, the title is 
leaving Pentecostalism, finding God after a cult. I, think. Mm. I already yeah, forgot. It is. Kind of it like. is. <laughs> Life <laughs> after Pentecostalism, finding God after leaving a cult. Yes. Um, so when I sat down to write it, I started having a panic attack. I wow. genuinely like my chest got tight. Like I like started to get sweat and the little, that little voice in my head, like you had heard was, well, you're actually going to die right now because you're writing something bad about the church and you are now going to die and go to hell. And oh, wow. I don't believe that that's a, con- that's a thought yeah. that I have in me, you know, and I was like, nope. <laughs> and I like <laughs> collected myself and I breathed. I put my hand on my chest and my other hand on my solar plexus. And I, I just asked God for guidance and, you know, called in Reiki energy and it subsided. And then I wrote that. So. Oh, wow. Pushing I kept thinking, that conditioning. All I kept, right. Yeah. That condition. All I kept doing in my head was um, don't give up. Don't quit. Don't give up. You've gotten this far. And even though like, it wasn't like just being in the supermarket, like you're almost done in the supermarket. I just kept thinking, just don't give up. You've gotten yeah. this far. And exactly. once, once I loaded everything in the car, it was literally like that moment of, oh, and yeah. it's such a weird thing. I'm sure everybody yeah, has a story like that mm-hmm. where they, they make that realization. But I, um, I really, really applaud you for your, your honesty with this and your, your really sharing this. And I know it's going to help other people. Um, if not tomorrow, you know, days down the road. And I hope you keep doing this because I think, I just think you're amazing. I'm a huge fan. Thank you. I, I think at this point, I just have to, I don't know what else to do. So, right. Yeah, yeah, you do. You have to, you have to. Just because it entertains me, and I think you're absolutely fascinating. Katie said so. Yeah, because Katie said so. Okay, fine. Okay, good. But don't you think so, it's kind of like mining? It's like when you're trying to find your purpose and it's like you're mining for gold and you get these little veins, but then you, you hit the main vein of gold and it's like, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. A thousand percent, yeah. Michelle. You're calling. So. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you. And I'm you're sorry, welcome. but to have, to have two psychic mediums tell me that this is my calling is really. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's, <laughs> that's not life confirming. I don't know what is. I mean, like, I'm trying really hard to just listen to myself, but like, that feels good. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Well, as always, um, Phoebe, thank you again. I can't wait to talk to you on another episode. So appreciate you sharing your time and your story. Um, You're a very powerful person and and we appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Again, Um, thank you so much. And they can, they can read your information on it's say it again. Yeah. So it's March 1st. So March M A R C H first F I R S T um, okay. media M E D I A.com. And yeah, it's just, it's my blog. I also offer some freelance writing. If anyone wants me to tell their story, I love telling people's stories. Um, yes. So, Actually, I take you up on that. I oh truly like hey if you want me to like write for your website or do your social media I'm, like, I'm your girl no. like, okay all right I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you up okay <laughs> all right awesome I, as always thank you D Scott sure
Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Thank you. And um, again, as always, for being my my close friend and sidekick. Thank you, Michelle. Uh, and good, luck, good luck with your new puppy. Oh, thank you. Oh, so yes. excited. We just adopted <laughs> today. Yeah, Michelle, do you have anything? Do you have anything else that's coming up that you want to tell our listeners about? Yes. Um, I, oh gosh, I think it's the twenty sixth uh, of March. We I'm going to be at the Psychic Fair at the Century Club in Amsterdam, and okay. it goes from eleven to six. And I'll be there. Um, various guests who we have had on our podcast will be there as well, including uh, you know Melissa Neely and a few other people. There'll be card readers, psychics, mediums, palm readers. There'll be food, which is always yeah. good, and energy workers, Reiki. Uh, yoga practitioners, astrologers, you name it. So it's a good Ooh. time. And it, there, there, is, there is fundraising. You know, we, we, fund, uh, we raise funds for the Century Club, which was created at the turn of the century <clears throat> from 1899 to 1900 for women, by women. So that's awesome. why they call it the Century Club. And to keep that going, uh, they do a lot of uh, you know outreach for the public. And it, it's just a fun event. So if you guys want to, Come on down. And they're all mini readings, which is cool. So you can, you know, kind of skip around and go to different people. It's good. Awesome. Um, as always to our listeners, thank you so much for your, for your comments and your shares and your suggestions. Um, if you have other topics you want us to cover, please make sure you message us and let us know. And, um, We'll have we'll have Phoebe back again. We'll yes. To it. yes, yes, and yes. I have been snowboarding down in Florida. I will be back in the capital region for a little time, seeing um, my kids and my grandbaby, and then Jimmy and I are back on the road, coming back down to Florida again. Lucky <laughs> <laughs> you. But we'll still be doing the obviously this the, the remote yes. podcasting and the and stuff, and my my reading still virtually. So. Well, guys, thank you again. Have a wonderful night. Thanks thank so you. Much. Bye. 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 Somebody